In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Carla, the most beautiful sound I've ever heard. Carla, I've just met a girl named Carla. And suddenly that name will never be the same to me, Carla. I've just made a list for Carla. And suddenly I've found how wonderful a sound can be, Carla. Say it loud and there's music playing. Say it soft and it's almost like (laughs) she's saying some quotes. Carla, I'll never stop saying Carla, Carla. <laughs> wow. Hello, Craig's listeners. I I don't know that I warmed up my voice properly to begin, <laughs> but that's a little taste. It's an earlier draft of uh, Stephen Sondheim and uh, Leonard Bernstein's music. For uh, for West Side yeah, Story, yeah, they were like Carla isn't familiar enough. We I think need, like a classic religious kind of. <clears throat> I think we also need a three syllable name. Th- yeah, yeah, because Carla does not scan as well. Carlita, can you message Sondheim for me? Sure. Uh, we have a text thread going. <laughs> me, me and Stevie uh, all the time. Hi, Craig's listeners. Uh, it's Craig. And Carla. <laughs> Carlita. Carla. And we are here to cover episode 65. This is number 36 on Craig's list. And if you can't tell already, it's a musical. <laughs> uh, perhaps the classic American musical, maybe the greatest American musical of all time. Well, we'll, we'll talk about which it. Which <laughs> was adopted into a film directed by Robert Wise and Jerome Robbins. It's West Side Story. It was nominated for 11 Oscars, winning 10 of them, including Whoa. Best Picture, Best... What is this, Titanic? <laughs> uh, best Picture, Best Director, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, uh, and it's uh, it's a great musical. And uh, but joining us today in order to help us with that, we need help. We do need help. We need so much help. And we're like, who is the most Broadway of our friends? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is our buddy from the Thrilling Adventure Hour, from the We Got This podcast, from the the world of screen and sound, and uh, just a great actor, singer, wonderful gentleman all around. Please say hello to Mark Gagliardi. Hi, guys. Gagliardi! Do you know how hard it was to not laugh out loud while I, before I made my entrance, I yeah, guess, sure. my audio entrance? You can uh, laugh out loud. During this your whole song informal. at the beginning. You, you can, can totally him. LOL. Yeah. Ooh. It's right. not. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> that was for the song at the beginning. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We also thank have you. to say that, and this might be for both of us, but Mark's probably my oldest friend in LA that I still talk to. He's Meaning like 67 years life. old. Yeah. I'm, I'm very <laughs> old. He's so old. Yeah, we've held what, up well. 02? Yeah. Like uh, that. Yeah. I think so. No, I think 03. 03. Yeah. I know that's like 13 years, hairs. a baker's dozen of years. Yeah. But in terms of, I mean, certainly no. there were other people I met around that time, but in terms of people that I still hang out with and talk to, I think you might be the only one. Oh, that warms my heart. And I'm the only one for you. That's right. You're the only one for me <laughs> forever and ever. <laughs> Don't tell Craig. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Mark has a lot of old friends that he keeps in contact with. So these are the early days of Second City Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yep. We went to a lot of house parties together. Yeah. He was always doing Muppet impersonations. <laughs> Look. Uh, <laughs> which Muppets are your favorite? And they favorite? were good. That's why I remember them. Yeah. Which which Muppets do you do? I I, I don't even remember which Muppets I uh, – What do you I, remember, Carla? I remember one night in some house party and Gag's like – entertain the whole room with like six or seven different voices it may have been when we were doing a show uh we were doing a show at second city no it wasn't a stage that was no no, no <laughs> but, but at room. the time we were doing a show yes. where we did uh muppet jesus christ superstar oh you're right That's <laughs> was one of was. the sketches yeah so we had a lot of uh oh wow of muppet versions of jesus christ superstar characters so uh, forgive them father they know not what they do <laughs> so good um, that's really good i think the swedish chef is the only one that has stayed consistently in the rotation of just me periodically going bork 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 <laughs> <laughs> you um, did a lot though you uh, well, used to when, in your younger years. In my younger years, I've mellowed. Uh, I've mellowed with age, I guess, or gotten less funny. Oh, so I apologize true. that I'm not doing. You've this come show up with more original ago. voices. Ooh. that's what it is. Oh, I like. They've I guess yeah. When you're like the other ones, a teenager, and in your early twenties, you just like the comedy bits are just you just do everyone else's comedy right. bits. You just recycle right? them. Now you're doing your own bits. Well, no. Now I'm just doing <laughs> Craig's bits when he's not around. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, they're all improvised, so he doesn't remember them. Did you hear that, Hal? He's doing Craig's bits. Did you yeah. hear that, Hal? <laughs> well, we've wanted to have you on this podcast. I'm talking about Hal Loveland. I, I, <laughs> oh, not Hal the Computer from 2001 A Space Odyssey? Or <laughs> Daisy, a yeah. famous song from West Side Story. So, I just met a computer <laughs> named Daisy. Don't give that fucking computer any ammunition against you. <laughs> He'll kill you. I just wanted it to say it out loud for people like my friends, maybe sure. at home. Sure. <laughs> we have we have thirty seven listeners. Um, Twenty two of them I went to high school with. <laughs> the other fifteen know who Hal Lublin is. There you go. That's how it works. But we wanted to have you on this for a while. I'm uh, excited to be here. And well, wanna... here the, here's the thing. The original mm-hmm. condition was you don't get to come on until I get to go on when we got this. Oh. <laughs> but it was taking too long to get an official <laughs> invite. And we said we got to have Mark on before this list is over. <laughs> we should have held out on Hal. That's the real – I think sure. that's the, the – Hal does all the booking for the show. over there. Yes. Yeah. That said – we would love to have you yes! on. We got this. <laughs> and we'll talk about anything that you want that oh. is provided it is on our list. Socks. Socks. Ooh. <laughs> I, of course, appeared on We Got This uh, and uh, the, their top-selling T-shirt, Suck It to the Peanut, was a, uh, <laughs> That's right. a catchphrase. <laughs> from that, last year's uh, from last San Francisco Sketch, Sketch Fest, Fest, where we are currently. We are in San Francisco, guys. Yeah. yeah. Mark, you were in New York for quite a while, so we, we couldn't have you on then. And now Carla, of course, doesn't live in L.A., but the three of us can all meet up in San Francisco. Sure, yeah. That's the central point between New York, L.A., and, and that's right. uh, Portland. That's right. Uh, that's just basic geography. My know? dad uh, – this is how my dad does not realize how space and time work. 
uh, he was coming out to visit San Francisco for some <clears throat> work thing. And he called me and my brother and he said, Hey, why don't you guys drive to, uh, drive and meet me in San Francisco? Now, not strange for me because it's a five hour drive from LA. I thought, great. Of course I'll come up. Uh, my brother lives in Seattle and I think my dad just assumes that West yeah. coast oh, is yeah. West coast. I, just, I was like, pop, you know, that's like a over a day drive. Yeah. To, uh, to get down there. He's like, ah, you can do it. Of course, my dad's a guy that just one day, for no reason other than he wanted to visit a national park, drove from uh, Florida to Utah, spent the night, and went back. What? what? Yeah, he's a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. Which national park? Uh, one like Zion or sure. uh, Bryce Bryce Canyon. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the big beautiful ones. Sounds adventurous, not crazy. I'm just you know. Right. It sounds adventurous, but then you think about the fact that that's like 40 hours in a car. Yeah. Listening to podcasts and eating beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> I assume everyone listening to this right now is eating beef jerky. Does he listen to your podcasts? No. The None same, of my family listens to the show over and over again. <laughs> if we did one about is. him, then he would uh, he would listen to it. Yeah, Seattle to San Francisco, that's probably 13 hours. Yeah, it's a long day. I'm going to guess. Uh, well, Mark, mm-hmm. I, uh, I think of you as a, uh, as a fan of Broadway musicals. Very, very much so. Now you moved to New York, um, mm-hmm. to, because you, your love is the theater. Yeah. You're a child of the theater. I am, I am a born and bred child of the theater. It's where I spent all of my favorite moments as a kid, uh, in the Bijou Theater in Knoxville, Tennessee, Aww. where I grew up, which is a, uh, old historic National Registry of Historic Places. And, um, so that sort of gave me the love for theater. And, uh, I grew up doing musicals and loving musicals. And I think this, the reason I love musicals is the same reason that I love uh, country music and hate Radiohead uh, because I like to, A, understand the words uh-huh. and, B, have them tell me a story um, within a song uh, or within an arc of a bunch of songs. And as far as like – there's something to me about musicals that it's almost like the tone of the story and the storytelling is – it, it's laid out so specifically by the writers mm-hmm. uh, that this is the feeling that we want from this moment in the story, or this is this is the feeling that we want from this number. And it's also the multidisciplinary thing of now we're going to have a great tap number in the middle of this show, right after we show you a really sad scene, and right before a comic relief scene. So the, the variety within it is great. Not that I don't just that love a, a straight play. Yeah. Hamilton seems to have revived the interest in original work mm-hmm. as opposed to musicals that are jukebox musicals or derived right. from a known property, uh, which were kind of pervading, you know, the, the Lion King and, you know. Sure. Once Disney got in the game with the Lion King. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I loved Hamilton, of course. I mean, I saw it off Broadway. I was really excited to get to see that early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's so many, so many shows now are, uh, I don't want to say jukebox shows because a lot of them do have original uh, songs. Yeah. Jukebox shows kind of drive me crazy. Yes. Um, cause what is that? Like a, a jukebox Jersey show? Boys Jersey Boys. Right. Uh, Motown. Anything where it's like Carol pop King. songs all put together. Beautiful. Except Crazy for You. Uh, I loved Crazy for You. Yeah. Carol King, beautiful. Uh, I do want to see that though because at least it's all by one artist. Uh, What's Crazy for You? Crazy for You was a show in the 90s, early 90s, uh, that was a bunch of Gershwin songs. Oh. Um, 
But they still they they cobble together a story right, around it and story. everything. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it's trying to harken back to the classic era of the '30s or, or right. whatever. Exactly. Yeah, I I remember uh, I was a theater major in mm-hmm. college, BA in uh, theater from the College right. of William and Mary. Uh, <laughs> the colo- the colonial uh, colonial theater department. Uh, that's correct. I yeah. assume everything in uh, at College of William and Mary, much like all of Williamsburg, <clears throat> is all uh, colonial. Yes, it was all tricornered hats and right. fifes and drums. You just did and- seventeen seventy six every production. <laughs> that was the show you did every. They time. love it. Sit down, John. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so I grew up going to musicals mm-hmm. a lot too. We had the, I believe I talked about it on another podcast, but the Lazy Susan Dinner Theater was our local theater. Was it in the round? It was not in the round. Did it spin? <laughs> How did it get the name Lazy Susan? I don't Susan? know. I don't know why it was the Lazy Susan. They, yeah. You're, you're imagining a giant <laughs> Les Mis style room. Yeah. Stage. Which is amazing. No, it was a little shitty dinner theater in Woodbridge, Virginia. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you'd, you'd, Go through the line, you get your roast beef and, uh, and mashed potatoes, and you'd sit down and watch My Fair Lady. But that was my first exposure to a lot of uh, classic musicals. My parents mm-hmm. loved musicals, loved taking us there. But I feel like in the 50s and 60s, like Broadway musicals were not only one of the most popular forms of art, but they were also like the cutting edge of just like this is where – because uh, you know TV was still quite conservative – uh, movies were still kind of under the studio system where things were censored. Mm-hmm. So at the time that West Side Story, uh, premiered on Broadway, it really was, it, it was the Hamilton of its time. Yeah. It was of the moment. It seems like such a period piece now when you look at it and <clears throat> see people calling each other like daddy O and, uh, but all of this, this was written, I guess, in the lingo of the time and the neighborhood. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, I really like West Side Story. <laughs> I was very excited about this. I'm glad we got you for it. Then. I knew he would have been. <laughs> What's your history with West Side Story? My history of West Side Story is watching it in high school, or probably when I was a kid, and never connecting to it. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> I just, I, I'm also a, a big musical, or I was when I was younger. I loved musicals. And this one always was tough for me. And I... Why do you think that was? I didn't think about it, though, at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, you just don't like something, so you don't watch it again, (laughs) right? But now, rewatching it, I I think it's – it's there's like this detached kind. So the, the the way that the dancing is, where you know when they're fighting, they're actually dancing. It's kind of like this whole facade on top of the reality of what's happening, and I. And the best thing that I could come up with, because I did think about this, was that I just couldn't connect to it because of that when I was younger. Like that super stylized version of the dance moves? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I can see that. But watching it as an adult, I really appreciated Mm -hmm. the dancing and thought it was the best part of the whole movie, honestly. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Um, Also, I think I probably saw this around the time that Romeo and Juliet... Uh, Romeo and uh, Juliet came out with uh, the Baz Luhrmann one. (laughs) Romeo plus Juliet? Yeah. With uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, sure, which I watched a lot. It's great. So I I'm, loved that movie. I'm gonna guess that I probably, in terms of modernized adaptations yeah. of Romeo and Juliet, that was yours in West Side Story. And I actually even really loved when I was younger the Romeo and Juliet from the 70s. The, the, the Olivia Hussey or Huffy? How do you say Hussey? Olivia Hussey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael York. The Franco Zeffirelli yes, version. Zeffirelli right. version came out in 1968. 
I watched that a lot when I was a kid. So I, that it's was one of the first boobs I saw in a movie. Yeah, <laughs> I got real excited. I thought as it a was kid. the most romantic thing. And then, so that's the only thing I can think of is that because I'd already had these other two versions of this mm-hmm. story that I connected to. Yeah, it also isn't. I mean, now because they are such iconic songs, mm-hmm. but the songs in West Side Story, like Leonard Bernstein's music, is really complicated Mm -hmm. and it's in weird time signatures and there's not a lot of just straight major chords in it so it doesn't feel like uh it doesn't feel like the old musicals where like rogers and hammerstein are writing uh you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. or later musicals where uh they're like rock and roll shows like um chorus line and you know some of these other um and and hair and these, yeah. these this felt like in a moment of it's almost like Bernard Herman music you know what i mean like it's a movie scorer yes writing a musical so it's really complicated music and that's ja- jazzy and classical yeah. yeah it's not traditional uh broadway musical or what mm-hmm. we think of as uh belting out a tune right and the the dancing is very modern and ballet right. you know mm-hmm. oh but what i wanted i forgot this is the biggest part. When I was rewatching it, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't connect to this because there's like a lot of white people pretending to be. <laughs> there's a lot Puerto of brown Rican. face. <laughs> and I remembered I remember that as a kid being like, this doesn't feel it wasn't even at the time that I was being politically correct because I wouldn't have been because. Sure. I wouldn't have understood the but something struck, ramifications, struck but something struck as... me as off and I couldn't I couldn't believe what was <laughs> happening because. I couldn't invest in what was happening because I didn't believe it. Right. Yeah. Well, the guy that played Bernardo in the movie won an Oscar for it. He played Riff Raff originally. Like he was a jet and then they just really kind of browned him up and had him wow. play a shark and then he won the, you know, one for playing a Puerto Rican. George Takiris, who is Greek. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly a guy who plays Chino is Latino. Rita Moreno is Latino, Latina. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a lot of the sharks are, are not, <laughs> right. uh, Hispanic. Um, yeah, uh, if you're not familiar with West Side Story, it's, uh, it's about a pair of rival gangs, the Jets and the Sharks. Think Capulets and Montagues. Uh, Riff is the leader of the Jets. Bernardo, the leader of the Sharks. Uh, Tony is a former member, the founder of the, uh, the Jets who falls in love with Bernardo's sister, Maria. Uh, and, uh, complications ensue. Uh, originally, uh, I believe Arthur Lawrence wrote the book. Stephen Sondheim, a young Stephen Sondheim wrote the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, Bernstein, uh, wrote the music. Jerome Robbins directed it and choreographed it on Broadway and then, uh, got a co-director credit for the movie alongside Robert Wise, who also directed Sound of Music, which we've covered on the podcast already so it really is a murderer's row of like the uh how prince produced Mm -hmm. it so it was like it's broadway royalty broadway royalty across the board did you know this about uh just because i recently watched it and did a bit of a deep dive uh that jerome robbins um had a nervous breakdown while shooting this uh because he was in charge of all the dance sequences and there are a bajillion of them and they were way over budget and he (laughs) had a nervous breakdown so it was actually his assistant that came in and he got fired about a third of the way through, I think. Yeah. Uh, but he did do the opening and he did do the jet song and cool, Mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. So his assistant directed the rest of it, the, the rest of the choreography, but I think it was all based on his original Broadway choreography Mm -hmm. for the show. 
but then Robert Wise still insisted on Jerome Robbins getting a co-director credit with him, and then they were the first team of directors to win the Oscar, the first time that uh, more than a single person, until Joel and Ethan Cohen for uh, No Country for Old Men. It's only happened twice. Um, do you, have you heard the story of the box around Jerome Robbins' name? No. So if you look at an old Broadway poster that Jerome Robbins directed, there is always a little box framing his name where it says directed by Jerome Robbins. And that is just a weird thing that he decided he wanted in his contract for everything. That was like his signature. And so you knew it was directed by Jerome Robbins. If you looked at the poster and saw a square around the name directed by Jerome Robbins (laughs) and no one else did it, but him. So I was like, that is to have that. That's a, you gotta have, you gotta think highly of yourself. Yeah. He's very good. I mean, he's, it's, the dancing in the movie is unbelievable. It's un- it's incredible. I had forgotten how. Ama- I mean, I yeah. don't know that I was impressed in the in the way that I should have been when I was a kid and I watched this. The dancing is by far, I think, the best I've ever seen in a musical mm-hmm. film. I will agree, and this is my main pitch for this movie, uh, which is I think more so than most filmed versions of a Broadway musical, this one captures the visceral. Feel of going to live theater more than just about any that I can Amen. think of. Amen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got a, it's got an, uh, opening, uh, an overture and an intermission. Like, yeah. you feel like you're watching it in a theater. And so I, I think it's really hard to capture that same energy and to, and that's why. Well, we can talk about Chicago. I love uh, Chicago. A bit. I thought the Chicago movie was fantastic. That mm-hmm. also won Best Picture and, uh, it was a deserving win. I liked, liked that movie a lot. And that, that's definitely up there of one of the better adaptations, I think. Mm-hmm. But think about like Les Mis, which is maybe my favorite musical. I love Les Miserables. Uh, and <laughs> it's just one of, uh, it's, I mean, I know it's about serious subject and it's also, uh, you know, a real period in French history, but it's also like big and grandiose and melodramatic and over the top, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's what's so great about it. You know, the songs have hooks and then they decided in making the lame is movie of like, we're, we're going to cast real actors, mistake number one. Right. <laughs> and we're going to make Russell it Crow. Ugh. We're going to make it gritty and real, mm-hmm. which meant it was depriving you of all the wonderful melodies, you know, that these songs had. And then you're, you're left with, you know, these, and even Hugh Jackman has a wonderful voice, like kind of, uh, was going more intense with it than he mm-hmm. needed to be. And I, I really think that it took all the fun out of, mm-hmm. uh, Les Mis. Yeah. I think that a lot of times they were, it seemed like they were trying to prove that they were singing live. Yeah. Uh, because they didn't overdub. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Marnie Nixon. Uh, the voice of <laughs> Maria in West Side Story. West Side Story, the movie is almost all overdubs. Yeah. I mean, uh, the actors are mostly dubbed by singers. Which yeah. you can tell, though. Yeah, definitely. You can tell in this one more than you can, I think, in My Fair Lady. With- it was the same woman, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Is that right? Marnie Nixon did Audrey Hepburn. M- Marnie right? Nixon did Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. She also did Deborah Carr in The King and I. That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so she did Natalie Wood's voice mm-hmm. uh, for this. Rita Moreno did most of her own singing, but she had a dubber for A Boy Like That. Mm. And then Richard Bamer, who plays Tony in this, his voice was dubbed as well. By a different actor? By a different actor, yeah. I was not impressed with the male singing voices in this film. 
I wasn't really impressed with him in general. Yeah. So I thought, well, it must be his voice because <laughs> that must be why they cast him. They cast him because he's good looking. Yeah. He looks a little like a poor man's Warren Beatty. Yeah. Like a porn star. Who Natalie looks a little like a porn star. Filming, uh, Slender in the Grass with when yes. she went to do this. I have two Natalie Wood movies on my list. They both came out in 1961. So Splendor in the Grass, <laughs> in the the grass uh, came out earlier that year. She really wanted her boyfriend Warren Beatty to be cast as Tony in this. They went with Richard Boehmer instead. Uh, Russ Tamblin plays Riff. And he was most. Oh, that's Amber Tamblin's dad. That's Amber right? Tamblin's dad. And then. I knew that I knew that name that's Tamblin from funny. somewhere. Well, and then of course both Richard Boehmer and Russ Tamblin ended up in uh, Twin Peaks. Oh my God. My mind is being blown all over the hotel room. <laughs> so Richard Boehmer is like that, uh, uh, the real estate developer, right? Oh, and then Russ yeah. Tamblin is the cra- is Laura Palmer's yeah, crazy, yeah, uh, yeah. psychiatrist. Yes. Yeah. So that was, uh, Lynch's little homage to West Side Story. That's cool. Uh, but Russ Tamblin, uh, he had received an Oscar nomination for Peyton Place a few years earlier. He mm. also had been in uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Um, the worst musical. Is it? I don't really know it. It is. It is Stockholm Syndrome, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, I, just, I mean, the, pl- the plot of that is awful. It's, we're going to <laughs> kidnap these women. The, they go, seven brothers go and kidnap seven women. And then the town comes to get them back, and the women are like, no, thank you. We like our kidnappers, is basically the premise of that movie. I've never seen that. The dancing is amazing in it, but the plot is really, really terrible. (laughs) Uh, And apparently Russ Tamblin's voice was dubbed by the guy who played Ice, who later sings Cool, also did Russ Tamblin singing in the Jet song. This... Why can't they just cast someone who can sing? Cast people who can sing. Go to Broadway. Watch them. Well... The main reason is that Russ Tamlin is a crazy dancer because he he's is an doing, incredible dancer. He's doing backflips. He's doing yeah. twists and turns in the air. Like it's it's crazy. G. Officer Krupke. That number is just a powerhouse of comedy meets like it's just a, it's just a a love letter to motion. I think mm. you know what I mean. Like it's dance. It's funny. It's art. It's acrobatic. It, that, that number it is, is really perfect. Fun. And I think like. There, as far as the songs, it's all killer, no filler. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even like some of your favorite musicals, there'll be a number that comes along of like, oh yeah, this one, <laughs> you know, and you're like, yeah, I forgot about this song. But of like, uh, West Side Story, you got Tonight, you got Somewhere, you got the Jet song, you got America, you got I Feel Pretty, uh, One Hand, One Heart. I forgot that this was the I Feel Pretty musical mm-hmm. uh watching this i was like i know all these songs <laughs> yeah and i Every forgot that hit. they're all in this movie or musical yeah there's not a yeah there's not a single the cool one is the, okay the dancing is is okay. it's an odd number because like do they start singing and then stop or what? The, the whole thing is they're all sort of bursting with anger so it just keeps it's the one that's got all the like yeah. Pow. And then they all like bring it back in and be cool. Right. And then they like burst out. So I see what Jerome Robbins is doing and what they're doing with the song. But yeah, I can see how it's like. I love. I know it's your favorite, Craig. Cool is your favorite? I don't, I don't know. It's my favorite song. But I it's think your favorite scene. it's really cool. <laughs> uh, well, I just the way that it's done with the uh, headlights from the cars like illuminating them and 
this is the other thing I think that Robert Wise and Jerome Robbins did is like the camera is placed in so many interesting ways all over this movie. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of things that break the fourth wall. There's a lot of scenes of the characters looking straight at the camera that are so like striking. There's a lot of things of the, the gang coming right at the camera and pushing yeah. past mm-hmm. it. There's weird angles there. They shoot under them. He shoots over top of them. Uh, that the end of cool where the, the jets just kind of like slowly like snap out and then they all look up at the camera. It's <laughs> like very weird. It's very I weird. It's weird. I thought they were looking the up at the guy who had yelled down to them <laughs> is what I thought they were doing. I got to say, though, the cinematography in this movie is one of my favorite things about it. And, and I'm a Broadway fan. Like, mm-hmm. I love just the Broadway musicalness of it. But that that cinematography element on top of it, it's just... The way they use color in this movie. Mm-hmm. Color is really striking. It's a lot of bold primary colors. Yeah. And, th- and things that look like, you know, to make a rooftop look like a painting. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's it, really, it's a pretty movie. Really lovely to watch. But it's all like embracing the artificiality of it. I think that's mm-hmm. the other thing. And I think that's why, like, for people who are skeptical about musicals in the first place, I think right away, and this is, for something that's all kind of iconic and beloved, it's also West Side Story is so easy to parody. Oh yeah, <laughs> like right. all you have to do is stand and snap your fingers, and everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows West that you're par- doing a parody of West Side Story, and uh, I get that because right away when you see the this gang, supposed gang, snapping their fingers and doing ballet down the streets of New York, that's mm-hmm. an in or out moment for a lot of people. Yeah, and I'm like hard in. Yes. Well, <laughs> what I, kept me in w- was the way other people react to them. You know what I mean? They've got like the guy drops the basketball when they, when they walk onto the basket where they dance onto a basketball court and the guys playing basketball just show deference. So yeah, thank goodness it had that so that you'd right. be like, Oh, okay. We live in a world where this is tough. I've got, I've got a foot in both camps here. Okay. <laughs> where I can't appreciate the kind of, uh, the, the grandiose, like, theatricality of it. Right. Because it is so well. I mean, these just aren't people just dancing. It's like masterclass dancing, oh, right? Oh, yeah. But then I'm also in the other camp where I'm like, oh, you're supposed to be tough? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. Minute 45, you're still supposed to be tough? Are you sure? Oh, oh, we're an hour and a half into this two-hour, two-hour-and-a-half movie, and you're still supposed to be tough? I don't know. Well, it doesn't help that Arab, uh, the little blonde Elvis, looks like... <laughs> Uh, he looks like a Norman Rockwell character. Yes. Like they're, yeah. It's a bunch of like super fresh faced people that they've just kind of dirtied up. Yeah. But they're still in brightly colored clothes. And are we ever supposed to be really scared for anybody though? Do you think? Interesting. I mean, or is that not what this is about? Are we, what do you mean scared for them? I mean, because the whole thing is that these are two gangs and they're yeah. supposed to be like the police get involved. You know, like yes. this is a big deal in this world. But yeah. are we as the audience really supposed to feel scared, fear for anybody? Or is it more just about the love story and the like, uh, the theme of hating people who are different than you? Yeah. I think shit gets real when the knives come out. Okay. That moment that they flip open switchblades in the rumble. Yeah. That was the moment it was like, oh shit. That, I, that felt like that moment. No more just like it, dancing and. Yeah. Now you're there. Now you're holding knives. <laughs> dancing with knives. Dancing so with that, knives. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then it's very stylized how the stabbings of Riff mm-hmm. and Bernardo happen. Right. Uh, too. So I, I think it, 
I think that's the thing that people kind of like giggle about in watching this. But I don't think in 1961 that Jerome Robbins was like, this is a realistic depiction of gritty gang violence in New York. Right. right. They knew it was artificial back now, put then. Now more, put more fuchsia up on that building. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think um, they they embraced the theatricality. It was always meant to be representational. Mm-hmm. Of like, mm-hmm. here's a modern dance that stands for right. this, mm-hmm. you know. And I, there's also, I think there's a cool combination of real New York um, locations. So when you see the jets at the beginning of the movie, that's a real park. We see them dancing down the street. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of the movie is sets and very cool sets. By very the way, theatrical too. sets. Very you theatrical. Can tell sets. You can tell their yeah. sets. And so I think, uh, again, it's like, uh, it, it's meant to embrace the artificiality. But that whole thing of like under the highway with the, uh, uh, the bridge above them. Oh, it's like, that scene is, it's, it's jarring. Yeah. Do you know the, you mentioned the exteriors? Uh, do you know the story of where they shot that? No. So that was shot in um, on the Upper West Side, uh, where Lincoln Center is now. It was a rundown neighborhood, uh, and they were just about to, uh, you know, re gentrify it, I guess, by building this big um, opera and ballet and um, theater complex. So they had to tear down that neighborhood that was all run down. Which was why they were able to get it to shoot the movie because they had already cleared it out. Wow. So they cleared all the residents out, shot West Side Story, then tore the whole thing down and built Lincoln Center right there. Crazy. So I wonder if there was ever a Lincoln Center production of West Side Story. Uh, Tweet at us. (laughs) Tweet at us, Lincoln Center. Um, Lincoln Center, we know you're listening. There's something I really – you mentioned like any realism in it and like grit – there's something I really liked watching at this th- time that I'd never noticed before, um, is the way that they deal with the police. Not just Officer Krupke and like, they, you know, Officer Krupke is kind of this doofus that they, uh, that they, you know, just kind of shit on for fun. Uh-huh. But the, um, the sergeant. Lieutenant Shrank. Or Lieutenant Shrank. That's his name? Yes. Um, sorry, not Sergeant Lieutenant. My apologies <laughs> to the Shrank family. Uh, Lieutenant Shrank, the way that they deal with them, it struck me that the Jets and the Sharks, they have a code between them. They have a war council. They respect each other as, uh, as warriors in dueling, in dueling gangs. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time the lieutenant comes around, he always sides with the white kids. Yeah. And, uh, says yes. terrible things about the Puerto Ricans. To which the Jets are, they want nothing of that. They, they're, they're, there's the scene inside the candy shop where he comes in and he's like, well, now that we got those PRs out of here. Yeah. And all the kids are like, fuck you, man. That's not what this is about. So there's a weird sort of like, it, it, at least it, I, I sort of sensed it, mm-hmm. uh, watching it this time that the Jets were like, no, 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 we don't hate them because they're Puerto Rican. We hate them because they're the sharks. Interesting. We fuck with them and like make jokes about them being Puerto Rican, but we hate them because they're in the other gang, not because they're Puerto Rican. I think they also hate them because they're Puerto Rican, but uh, they, they just hate cops more. They hate cops more. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, it felt like they. It was like another way to yeah. um, categorize. Maybe I was people. just being hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> finding well, finding racial parody hope in a. It is. It still feels relevant watching it. I know. Sadly. Yeah, I. I think the, uh, the, the prejudice aspect of it still holds up, mm-hmm. despite the fact that many of those sharks are not Latino. But, right. uh, 
yeah, I think that that angle of it, uh, sadly, uh, is still has a lot to say. Mm-hmm. I was thinking too. The year before I got to my high school, they did West Side Story, and I was like, I know that I did not go to school with anybody. <laughs> a lot that of Puerto wasn't Ricans white, in Kentucky, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know what they did. I would guess they probably wore makeup. Blondes and brunettes. And this was 90, this would have been 92, 93. Yeah. Uh, but then like nowadays, what happens with that? Like you would just not do it, obviously. Yeah. yeah if your high school does not have any black people, don't do once on this island. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you don't have any Puerto Ricans. I know that musical. Yeah. If you don't have any Latinos in your high school, yeah. don't do West Side right. Story. But like that was, okay, maybe I feel like I'm younger than I actually am. I was going to be like, that was just a few years ago. <laughs> it was. It's not that. Well, like, I guess I always think of like, the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like pre that is when things were bad, but right. I'm, you know, coming to, I guess, realize over the past several years that nope, nope, there's a uh, macro and microaggression. Yeah. Uh, all over. Ugh. We knew we'd eventually get to the, uh, <laughs> the racial undertones. We're solving and it though. Three white people in a hotel yeah. room in San Francisco. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've solved it so many times in so this podcast times. before. Oh, so yeah. we're just keeping our, our record streak going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I have to admit that, uh, I don't know if I, I don't think I love this movie because it's a great love story. I don't think I, I love this movie because it's a, you know, realistic depiction of, of gang mm-hmm. warfare. I just think it's a great document of one of the great musicals ever written. Yeah. You know, so here's the music, here's the choreography, mm-hmm. and here it is transferred into a visceral and exciting way to the screen. And so many great works of the stage have never just gotten a good adaptation. Nobody's ever, ever tried it or they've tried it and failed right. at bringing the energy of what it's like of seeing a great show in the theater. When I saw Rent on Broadway, mm. I was blown away. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I just thought that show was so exciting and fun. And then you see, I mean, Certainly, they probably waited too long to make the movie in the first place, particularly with a lot with of the, the same cast, a lot of the original later, cast. You know. That was a, a mistake. Uh, but you kind of, you see all the weaknesses mm-hmm. of it sometimes. And I feel like this movie does not do that. It still has the energy of, of live Man, theater the movie to me. Rent is not good. It's not the best. That's I just loved good. Rent so much. I'm with you. I saw the original cast in mm-hmm. 96, I guess it was. Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those. I saw it with my mother. Uh, cause we were, I was looking at colleges and of course my mother comes out of act one and is like, all right, now what is going on? <laughs> I do not understand, <laughs> but she was very sweet and she stood in the SRO seats with me. Oh, yeah. So is there going to be a Hamilton movie? I don't know. I'm sure there has to be. There's right? going to be at some point. He's yeah. probably holding on to it. I bet he'll do it himself. You think yeah. Lynn will do it? Don't you think? Why wouldn't know. he? He's probably going to try to make that. Oh yeah. I mean, there, there's no way he'll let them make it without. Without him, well, he'll be there. I, no, I just don't I mean, know if he'd be playing he'd, Hamilton. He'd direct it, wouldn't he? I don't or, does know. he or does he get Javier Munoz, who is who has played, who has like backed him up on every show, and is I think by uh, Lin Manuel's admission, like a better actor mm-hmm. than Lin is. Hmm. Um, but Lin's, I mean, he's the best writer going right now. 
And then Chicago, which we mentioned, I thought was a great ad- adaptation, but it did kind of set up like the modern day thing, which they do for movie musicals now, which is like, it's all a dream sequence, right. you know? So like they, they, they can't have people just bursting into song because people burst into song and, and musicals. And the people who won't accept that are the same people who like to go see movies with Wookiees and orcs, you know? <laughs> it's like, it, I, 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 I don't get it. I, I love musicals and, uh, I, I, I love to embrace the artificiality. What's another one that of came them. out recently? Uh, movie musical. Yeah. Into the Woods. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, I really liked Into it the Woods. Pretty well done. Except, yeah. uh, except for the weird Tex Avery um, Johnny Depp. Oh yeah. Who lived outside? Who was here? Is a uh, Bavaria during the Grimm Brothers time, and then here comes Johnny Depp in a zoot suit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot he was in that. Yeah. But like Nine was one that was a bad Ugh. movie that was. Uh, kind of following the Chicago template of mm-hmm. like all the songs or or dream sequences as well. One that just came out. What was it, you guys? In the last another year, another musical, right? Mamma Mia. No, that wasn't <laughs> in the last year. Don't be a jerk. Of a big Broadway show. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast. I did really like the live Beauty and the Beast. I liked it. I thought it was great. I, and I th- think it was because I was expecting it to be terrible, but I really enjoyed it. And they I, put the Beast song in it, didn't they? The one from the Broadway musical? I think so. I didn't see it. Um, plus, I'm, plus, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, so I was like, Hermione is Belle? And, awesome. And Emma Thompson is Mrs. Potts. Yeah. <clears throat> Come on. Now, do you guys know some of the changes that were made from the stage version to the movie version? Yes. Um, I know that, uh, in the song America, in, on stage, it's all the women. Just the ladies, the uh, shark yeah. girls. All and, the shark girls. Yes. Uh, and in this version, I like, I actually love this. I like the way they did it because it sort of fleshes Bernardo out. In this version, um, America is, you know, Rita Moreno singing or, um, Anita singing, I want to be in America. And then, uh, was it Rosalia? Is that her name in the play? I think so. Uh, or, and Consuelo, all those, uh, yeah. the, and, you know, some of them are pro America and some of them are like, America sucks for Puerto Ricans. But in this version, they made it Bernardo. So it's Anita saying, I love America and Bernardo saying, Puerto Rico, America sucks for Puerto Ricans. Yes. Which gave Bernardo a little more to do, mm-hmm. I think. And a little more of a point of view. I agree. Mm-hmm. And, the other main thing they did, and I, this was bizarre that this is how the stage musical work worked, is they flipped the songs Cool and G Officer Krupke, i.e. in the musical, uh, Riff, while still alive, sings to the rest of the Jets about the benefits of being cool. <laughs> later, <sighs> later, after Riff is killed, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Then the gang all jokes around and sings this comic number about Officer Krupke. It's bizarre. And then in the movie, uh, now Riff, who's the fun-loving leader, sings Officer Krupke, and then Cool is sung by Ice, who's the new leader, about them trying to keep cool. It's so much more. I will say, I was going to say this when you were talking earlier about Cool, but I couldn't get in. Which is Sorry. no, I was looking at Craig when I said that. <laughs> which is that Cool. It takes, it doesn't feel like it belongs there. Mm. It feels like it should come much earlier to me. Okay. Uh, it feels like filler when you were saying there's no filler. Cool feels like filler to me. It feels like it extends the story oh. and it's like that guy is already dead. Let's, let's wrap this puppy up. You know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> we know this story. But if you let's look at, get if you it look going. At, uh, Romeo and Juliet, like the deaths happened pretty early on. I don't like, remember. Um, does it, are act they, three. 
Act three is it Act three? Act three is the big sword fight in uh, yeah, where Tybalt and Mercutio are killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, well, maybe they could have done them both earlier. Is what I'm saying, Officer Crumkey and. Uh, here's another difference between cool. the movie and uh, the show. Um, in the it in the uh, in the movie, Baby John is the one who gets attacked. Uh, gets attacked by the to start the big first opening fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the stage show, it's Arab. So David Winters, who played uh, Baby John on stage, played Arab in the movie, the one who looks like a Norman Rockwell character. Yes. So he avoided uh, getting his ear cut. <laughs> Okay. In, both, in both versions. In both versions, yeah. <laughs> he was never he never played the guy that got cut. Wow. <laughs> well, let's go chronologically through the movie a little bit with a segment that we like to call Paradise Quote. <laughs> <laughs> She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's clothes. Now, unfortunately, this was another one that we had to watch separately, Carla. Oh. So Carla texted me this her. It's co- only the second time we've had to do it, though, which That's, is so oh, no. bad. That's true. In but, 65 movies, we've only done this twice. But we before. finished the last half hour together, so I think I got a couple of live quotes from you there. So oh, my God. That there is a certain artificiality of this. This is something Carla has thought to text and send me. But I bet there'll still be things that you forgot texting <laughs> as well because you're a very – uh, react emotionally in the moment kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face right now is so priceless, listeners of the podcast. <laughs> what do I look like? Now, the movie... Uh, Skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I talked about the opening uh, helicopter shot of Sound of Music when we covered that, which was Robert Wise was kind of recapturing what he had done with uh, West Side Story. And I love it. You have the overture over like these very this very abstract design that you're not sure what it is and it slowly comes into focus that it's the uh the island of manhattan mm-hmm. seen from you know the the south and then gradually you have this big helicopter shot kind of swooping in on lower manhattan and then gradually going up to the uh the west side and then finally picking out a specific playground finally picking out a specific gang within that playground it's a really cool opening i thought beautiful opener this is Carla must uh, reacting to the overture, I guess. Music at the top sounds like a Western. And it goes on for forever. Seriously, why is this the opening, not ending? And where are all the credits? I just see black lines. <laughs> okay, I think my DVD player was messed up. No, there my... were black lines. Oh, there were. Yeah. It's just like a, it's like an orange background with black lines uh-huh. and then like a purple background with black lines. Yeah. yeah. No words, just music for like 20 minutes, right? That's what, I love that. That's what, it, that's what makes it like a Broadway musical. Cause back in the day they had overtures that they, the orchestra would play. <laughs> Holy crap. I was like, I honestly thought, uh oh, my DVD's not <laughs> This working. is the worst title <laughs> sequence ever. <laughs> and then so I restarted it and it did it again. The opening and closing <sighs> credits done by the famous uh, designer Saul Bass, who did the Psycho opening. Who never as, got another well. job again. Nope. He's, he's a legend. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Here's Carla on the Jets. These guys look like the Malibu Kins of the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> then she threw in, did this movie make you feel kind of bad for yourself when you were a kid because you can't snap? Everybody listen to Craig Snap and Mark will watch it. What is he doing, you Mark? Snap with, I mean, I can hear it, but are you snapping with your pinky? Yeah, I snap with my pinky and my thumb. 
I can't snap. I can't even make my hand do that. What do you do? Your index finger? I do my uh, middle finger. Your middle Me finger. Too. I can only – it's just the way that my hand is shaped. I can only get a sound if I snap my pinky. Aww. That is very cool actually. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mark. You're my favorite guest we've ever had. Um <laughs> By the way, the whole like that's another like very recognizable like the Jets and Sharks like snapping their fingers down the street kind oh, of yeah. thing. Uh, again, it's so easy to parody. Uh, every in in long form improv, we have this form called the Herald, which is a big group thing where you have eight or more improvisers playing together, and there's there's always like an abstract opening where you get a suggestion. And it kind of like morphs through different things. Well, back in Chicago, when I was teaching the Herald opening, every single team that was doing like an organic <laughs> opening would end up in a moment where they were all snapping together. Uh, and then they would all turn it into a Jets versus Sharks thing. <laughs> so it's, uh, probably not so much anymore because the, you know, the movie is so old at this point, but it definitely at, at that time, it was just like in everybody's Oh, yeah, DNA. back when you were teaching in 1961 <laughs> at Second City. That's right, kid. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Mike Nichols. <laughs> this is uh, Carl, I think. Paul talk- Sills was what I meant to say. That's cool. I'll take. <laughs> just do it. I'll take Mike Nichols. Uh, this is Carla talking about the uh, graffiti, I think. Shark stink. Not suck, but stink. Oh, yeah. Did you notice that? <laughs> yes, There's I love that. There's graffiti on a wall that says sharks stink. <laughs> and this guy is spray painting it. And you're supposed to think he's such a badass. It's weird. Biologically accurate, though, probably. Oh, good point. Sure. Uh, <laughs> again, like the the slang, I don't know if the slang was was already outdated by the time they used it when they wrote the mm-hmm. the original show in 1957. But yeah, I mean, it's another thing that's kind of goofy about this this movie is all the things that they're uh, they're saying. Pow, Daddy O, wham, bang. She gets so excited. Who's the uh, the one um, girl in the group? Anybody's. Anybody's is her name. Yeah, you mean the like, what? the girl who wants to be like yeah. one of the yeah. Oh. So there's a young butch girl mm-hmm. uh, who's trying to be a jet, and they're always kind of mean to butch her. Butch so much, and she's more like tomboyish. She's a tomboy. Yeah. She. Yeah. Uh, I just remember that like you mentioned, Daddy O. When Ice turns to her and is like, "Good work, Daddy O," and she gets a look <laughs> on her face like, oh, "I got called Daddy O." Like that's it's. Yeah, I wonder. He calls when, her buddy boy, and she oh, calls, she calls him, him Daddy O. That's yeah. right, Good buddy work, boy. Buddy boy. Thanks, Daddy-O. <laughs> like those and you're being, like, what's going on here? It's like now she's accepted. She's <laughs> using the proper lingo. Ugh, weird. Uh, Carla did say the dancing in this is so good. I forgot. Carla said, Tony looks like a shark. He does. <laughs> He's swarthier. Yeah. He's a swarthy jet. Yes, he, he is. is a swarthy, swarthy jet. Uh, we a did tall do- one. Yeah. He's a tall guy. Yeah. Richard Bamer. We did do this in college. Uh, my friend Curtis directed it my sophomore year. I, it, and it was part of the, it was not part of the theater department. It you were was, Officer Crumbs, Crumbsky, weren't you? <laughs> Krupke is the, is the character's name. Were you name. Officer Krupke? <laughs> I was Officer Krupke <laughs> in a knockoff version. Side story. <laughs> Worst side story. Yeah. <laughs> was the version that I was Worst in. Side. Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, I definitely would have been cast as either Lieutenant Shrank. I, I, I would not have been cast in a singing or dancing role. That's for sure. I would have been Lieutenant Shrank, Officer Krupke, 
uh, Doc, who runs the candy shop, yeah. or Gladhand, uh, which is the guy that John Aston plays. At Boy, the dance. he was great. <laughs> Gladhand had 90 seconds in that movie, I don't know what and you're he was hilarious. About. The guy in the dance who says, he's, "All right, kids." Oh, uh, he's so great. Uh, future, uh, what's his name? Gomez Adams. Gomez Adams from the Adams family, yes. yeah, and the father of Sean Aston. So That's many noises Sean Astin's father? Sean Astin's dad, yeah. I did not know that. And Patty Duke's mom? Yeah. So they were boyfriend and girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> John Astin and Patty Duke were boyfriend and girlfriend. Boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> and then they and produced, made a baby. Produced oh, Sean Astin. Do yeah. uh, you know who was uh, boyfriend and girlfriend? Another little tidbits. Like I said, I did a deep dive on this. Yeah. Um, the kid that played Arab, uh, Winter, something uh, Winter's, uh, his girlfriend okay. in the 1970s. Linda Lovelace. Wow. wow. Produced a movie for her. Did you hear what I said? I said coming. Winter's coming. <laughs> well, sure. I had an IPA. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're all Game of Thrones in. Sure. And uh and then he made Deep Throat. Uh I don't I don't think he produced Deep Throat. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, this was like a real movie that Linda Lovelace oh, okay. was in, yeah. I got gotcha. Um I love that uh some of the fighting that's going on between these two rival gangs is basically getting paint dumped on you or vegetables thrown at you. <laughs> yep. It's as bad as it gets. Uh, but again, like it's, you got to think of this in the context of the time of like, it's, it's not quaint. Like this was very like experimental at the mm-hmm. time, you know, like movies didn't look like this back then. Uh, it, it, it's very modern. Where's zip guns? You know what? I googled zip guns after they said it. He's like, uh, we say knives, they say knives, they say, we say zip guns. Yeah. Uh, and homemade ba- guns. Baby John, who's the wimpiest of the Jets, is like, oh, zip guns, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I googled it. Homemade guns. Homemade guns. Homemade guns. Made out of what? Uh, you'd be surprised at some of the terrifying photographs I saw when I googled that. Wow. And now the FBI yep. is watching. And now they're watching me. A zip gun, like, it's like a car service, like zip car. Like you rent a gun <laughs> sure. for an hour and then you leave it where you got it. Exactly. You actually leave great, it anywhere oh, and then someone can just look at the app idea. and picture it up. Yeah. It's a great, great service. Uh, another change is, uh, uh, Riff and Tony have this thing, uh, uh, womb to tomb is one of their catchphrases. You know, I'll stick by a womb to tomb and it was sperm to worm on stage. Oh. They had to clean it up. Uh, so I was wondering what he said there. Worm. I don't get it. <laughs> like from, from when the... I was a little sperm to the time that I'm dead and worms are eating my body. Oh, I thought a worm was a penis. <laughs> 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 I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> sperm to worm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's... Why did they have to take it out if it wasn't a sexual thing? I think I guess you just couldn't say the word sperm in a movie. Oh, boy. Craig's listeners, please don't make any assumptions about me just because my wife thought <laughs> a worm was a penis. <laughs> oh, my God. Carla wrote, Stephen Sinai must have done this when he was a baby, or maybe he's a thousand years old. <laughs> I'd forgotten it was Sondheim, and then I was like, oh, right. He's still alive. Well, he did yeah. the lyrics. Just the yeah. lyrics, yeah. yeah, and Bernstein did the music. And it sounds like all of his musicals are... Uh, really influenced by Bernstein mm-hmm. with that sort of dissonance and weird time signatures and all the musical like craziness that he does. 
Carla said, uh, oh, yeah, this is Romeo and Juliet. I forgot. <laughs> How <laughs> I, long into the movie? I don't remember. It, I, it's right next to a quote about the dance scene. So I think it might have been around there. And I think I actually had that moment, too, where I completely forgot about it. And it was that scene where Tony and Maria start dancing and everything mm-hmm. else goes out around right. them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Romeo and Juliet. I love that. I do love that the, like, scene. The like blurry, yeah. where the, the screen goes blurry for a second. I also love when she's spinning in her room and then it, it takes her into the dance hall. Transition oh, into yeah. the dance. It's very, it feels like you're on drugs watching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carla wrote, there's no way both these groups would be having a dance party at the same place. Yeah, I think I missed, I went out and used the restroom. Was there any justification of why they were both having a dance you know, is auditorium? it a school dance or a? I'd always assume school dance, but of like these guys don't seem like high school age, do they? You know, of like it's it's weird. I think I think we're supposed to assume that somehow these kids all go to school together. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. Because well, he, the guy that you were talking about, <clears throat> Sean Astin's dad, yes. seems like a principal kind of. That's what I thought. Yeah. But then the cops there, and the cop is kind of like it's it's a very strange setup. But he was it. he was billed uh, differently. He's actually uh, billed as um, Gladhand, the character, well-meaning but ineffective social worker. He's a social worker. So, so it's like a community a, event. Yeah, it must just community be like a event. neighborhood thing. And let's get uh, the Puerto Ricans and the uh, yeah the white kids together to dance. I mean, New York does love to do stuff that's just like, we're having a neighborhood thing. Yeah. Which is great. Um is it not so great when you know there are two rival gangs that are going to show up? <laughs> when they first conceived the musical, it was going to be East Side Story and it was going to be Jews versus Catholics. Really? Yes. Interesting. Uh, well, then Carla added, I, I really think I missed out on the justification of this, but I still like the dancing. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Love at First Sight stories. I mean, except for our love at first sight story. Oh, <laughs> look at that. You know, when you fell in love with me the first time you saw me. <laughs> it is like when you look at it, though, like, yeah, I mean, Romeo and Juliet's the same way. With, yeah. Uh, yes. But it's like you've known this guy for 36 hours and he just killed your brother. Yeah. And you were going to sleep with him? him. Yeah. It's, um, I remember when I was a kid. Uh, watching that Zeffirelli movie with my, um, is my family's complicated, but it was my mm-hmm. grandfather's wife. <laughs> and she was probably in her late forties or early fifties at the time. And, and me being like, that's so romantic that they killed each other. Like a kid. Like I was probably like nine or 10 years old. <laughs> it's so romantic. And I didn't even know what romantic meant. I just heard it on TV. And she was like, that's, this is a, this is very dumb. <laughs> she was like, don't ever kill yourself for a guy. <laughs> uh, and that's how I feel now watching these stories. <laughs> like as an adult, it's like It's like a cautionary tale for teenagers. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't romantic. Yeah. This is stupid. <laughs> you sound like a buddy of mine who came out of rent and went, I don't get it. Why didn't he just go get a job at Kinkos? <laughs> <laughs> because he's an artist. He's an artist, no, man. He's an artist and he's got to suffer for his art. That's right. Um <laughs> this is Carla and Tony and Maria. He said, I love you. And she said, yes, it's early. <laughs> <laughs> is that what she said? That's what you wrote. He goes, I love, or no, she, he doesn't <laughs> He said in a thick Latin accent. <laughs> and she was like, get out of here. Uh, he said, I love you. And she says, yes, it's early. And then he turns around and walks away. And then she says, Tony, 
Whatever. J'adore. J'adore, Tony. J'adore, Tony. That's French. That's French. How did she say it? Te amo. Te amo. Te quiero. Te adoro. That was it. Teodoro. Teodoro Anton is what she Anton. said. Teodoro Anton. But she did say it's early. I think you guys got to go back and That's watch really it. great. Though. I love the idea. Uh, it's a little early. For this. It's a little early. <laughs> like, That's what it we felt like. We just met yeah. tonight. But then 30 seconds later, she's like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. You can kill my brother. Yeah. Then Carla added, okay, I think I'll turn it off after the balcony scene and pretend this is how it ends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Carla wrote, Officer Krumpsky feels like it's maybe a filler song. (laughs) (laughs) You had to have some comedy. (laughs) Officer Krumpsky. Um, When I was a kid, that was my favorite number, of course. You know, because it's the comedy number. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. And they're doing ridiculous voices in it Mm -hmm. and everything. Uh, Action doing that German accent playing a, uh, (laughs) playing a uh, uh, Freud. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a uh, Freud, by the way, that's what Freud. I call a therapist. A hey, you gotta go, I gotta go to my Freud this week. <laughs> you got a good Freud? Yeah, you know what? I got one, I got a real good Freud, you guys. <laughs> Not too expensive. Uh, Carla wrote, oh man, the shark's whistling my country tis of thee while leaving after being bullied by that racist cop is really sad. Yeah. Oof. That's a tough. That's a brutal scene. Ugh. One hand, one heart makes me weep like a, you wrote, you, you wrote, it makes me weep like a little baby. L I L B E B E. So you wrote the Spanish version of baby there. I did feel, I did watch, I forgot. That was one that I forgot that was in this movie. And mm-hmm. when they started singing, I started tearing up. And then it reminded me this, that song, one hand, one heart, and then sunrise, sunset from Fiddler are like beautiful wedding songs. The, Two most beautiful love songs oh. ever written. That scene too, where it's just where they're in. It, 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 one hand, one heart is where they're in the dress shop, right? Yes. And she puts on the veil, and they mm-hmm. do like their version of the wedding. Yeah, and because they, they've discussed mm-hmm. how they couldn't ever be together, but then how? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it's so. And that shot beautiful. of them, just there, like, are they kneeling? I think uh, so. Kneeling with the yeah, it's oh. very pretty. Ugh. Actually, my favorite number might be Quintet, which is you've got the Jets, you got the Sharks, you got Tony, you got Maria, you got Anita, and they're all singing together and it comes together really intricately. It's the one day more. It's one day more. Yeah. Yeah. What are they basically singing? is a, a ripoff. Well, they began it. Well, they began it. The Jets are gonna da 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 tonight. Tonight. And then, and then they all singing, sing Anita's gonna get her kicks tonight. 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 The lovers come in and then it all builds to a great big crescendo together. I did write some of the other uh, slang down. Chop, chop, wacko, jacko, pow. Are <laughs> <laughs> things that are actually said. Um, after that, uh, exchange with anybody's in, uh, ice, uh, you did good, buddy boy. Thanks, Daddy O. Carla said, "Gross." <laughs> <laughs> At this point, are you watching it together? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, oh, they, when there was a shot of Tony and Maria in bed together uh, with the, uh, you know, and uh, his shirt is off, you know, I think implying that that they just uh, had sex. Carla said, "Whoa, they done done it." <laughs> <laughs> They're not married in this, right? In Romeo yeah. and Juliet, they get secretly married, but not yeah, by Friar Lawrence. Yeah, right. in this version, there one hand, one heart. One hand, one heart is that. the wedding. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, there were certain characters that I couldn't figure out 
who their uh analog who yeah who their analog was like anita's the nurse i guess not really, but yeah, I mean, the she's closest kind of, thing to it. Yeah, Doc maybe is the Doc is Friar Lawrence, to, right? Um, the that. Prince, it would be the Lieutenant. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then Tybalt and Mercutio, sure. and then the Paris. Aren't there? But Paris. who's the Mercutio? Riff Raff? Yeah. Mercutio is yeah Riff. Yeah. Um, and then Paris would be Chino, which is the person that right. she's supposed to be paired off with. Poor Chino. I want to know Chino's story. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean. That's tough. He just flat out just comes and shoots Tony at the end. But I mean, Tony kind of deserved it. Look. (laughs) Ah, You're not wrong, I don't think. (laughs) I mean, Chino brought Maria to that dance in the first place. Yeah. Poor Chino. Poor Chino. Now, the leads are not doing their own singing in this. It sounds like you're not that impressed with Richard Bamer's acting. What do you think of Natalie Wood in this? I just think Natalie Wood is an okay actor, but very charismatic. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's, it makes sense that she was a movie star. Yeah. She's so easy to fall in love with on is she screen. Mark? Is she- just like, you, yeah, you, I mean, she's like just doe eyed and just yeah. like, and all heart and like chutzpah. And you're like, oh man, she's. I was impressed with her dancing though. She was trained in ballet. It seems like mm-hmm. it watching yeah. her. And she's definitely piling it on with the thick accent of like you wouldn't get, be able to get away with it now. Uh, though her family were immigrants as well. They came from Russia. So. Not the same place. <laughs> not the same, not the same place. How much of this is, I mean, how much of this is Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't go that far. Nothing ever in Hollywood history yeah, was, that was, was worse than that. Really? Pretty rough. <laughs> Even at the time, that was bad, right? Was it? I, I, I don't I think know. so. I, I hope it got criticized at the time. Yeah. But that's still a good movie. Uh, I they should just, they should just delete those scenes and put, uh, whoever the Asian equivalent of Christopher Plummer is into <laughs> it. <clears throat> just go all the money in the world style. Christopher Plummer. Oh, I see. <laughs> He's being added to every movie now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and only Mark Wahlberg gets paid. I want to take that back. Breakfast at Tiffany's is not a great movie. Audrey, that's a great character. Holly yeah. Golightly. Holly Golightly is a great character in an okay movie. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I don't remember much of the movie. I just remember her being disarmingly great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then Anita tries to go warn the, uh, warn Tony, uh, that Chino is looking for him with a gun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, instead the, uh, the jets assault her and then, uh, she gets rescued by doc at the last minute. And then she says, uh, Chino found out about Tony and Maria and shot and killed her. And Carla said, Whoa, that got a little crazy. <laughs> that, that's a big lie, lady. <laughs> and then the ending, of course, like, again, it's very theatrical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony gets shot. Maria picks up the gun, you know, waves it around. How many bullets left in this Chino? The jets try to carry off Tony's body. The sharks help him. And all the while, like the cops arrive and they're not like, wait a minute, this is a crime scene. Don't move yeah, the body. Yeah. <laughs> I did I think that. Nothing. Yeah. Nobody other than Maria is saying anything. Nobody's yeah. even crying or right. making sound or whatever. But it's a really kind of lovely ending of like people mm-hmm. slowly filing out of this playground and mm-hmm. Uh, the, the carrying off the body like a Christ figure, you know, and then gradually kind of pulling away out of this playground. Mm-hmm. And again, it has that feeling of seeing a show on the stage. It's not supposed to be reality. Right. 
Did you feel uh, this is gonna make me sound like a monster, but did you feel a little really? slighted that uh Juliet lived at this in the end of this version I of Romeo and Juliet? I forgotten. I I couldn't remember what the ending of this was gonna be. It's, it's and so I did expect her to die. Yeah, Up it's Romeo. It's Romeo. I know. I did too. I'd forgotten the yeah. ending, the very end. And I thought, wait a minute. If this is Romeo and Juliet, yeah, start two star-crossed lovers take their lives. Yeah, <laughs> like. Not that I want to see anyone die, and right. I thought Natalie Wood was great in the movie, and it's a great character, but yep. if it's Romeo and Juliet, I guess they wanted to give it a 50% happy ending? <laughs> and now, in she runs off story, with Chino? the musical, does does she die? Uh, no. No, I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, I suppose she could, like, after the Jets and Sharks carry off Tony's body and everything, and they'd leave the playground, I guess she could get hit by a truck, maybe. Like. <laughs> Oh my god. If that if you just if they just added that to the end of it, like you see Maria just kind of like go off and then <laughs> they just add a sound effect like it's an old Laurel and Hardy movie. That would be amazing. Uh Mark, you want to give this movie a letter grade? Ooh. Um yes. I would give it a straight up A for it being a perfect like you said a perfect Broadway uh adaptation um there are a few flaws in it the makeup is insane <laughs> both on people who are trying to look white and people who are trying to look puerto rican mm-hmm. um there are some in i guess you know hindsight 2018 things that are problematic about it but it's still a wonderful movie i would give it i'm gonna give it an a minus carla how about you b do you want to know why? Why? Um, I still, I still don't think this is one of the best musicals ever. I still think Sound of Music is better than this. Okay. Um, but that also just be, could be my preference. But it is a very well made film. It's very much w- well worth watching, and I think it should stay on your list. I do have a couple of other musicals higher, but they are musicals that were developed for the screen. This is the highest Broadway adaptation oh, okay. on the list. So Singing the Rain's a little higher up. Well, I can't reveal what oh, they are. But there yeah. are a few. Few more movie musicals. Annie still on the list. Wait, Annie was Broadway. Oh yeah, uh, right. What's your favorite movie musical, Carla? My is it favorite? other than Sound of Music? Probably. I think it is Sound of Music. Yeah. Is there something else that comes to mind? Uh, one that comes to mind would be Gypsy. I like Bette Midler's Ooh, Gypsy. Gypsy. Bette Midler's Gypsy. Those for TV. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have one you can think of, Mark? That uh, that you really like? God, I don't know. This is. I mean, this is a great one. Um, a great question. As far as like an adaptation, I think Rent, the musical Rent, is so high up there for me. The musical Hair is so high up there for me. Mm. But their movies aren't as good. Yeah. I think as an adaptation. Hair is a pretty good movie. Uh, yeah, it's just very different than the musical. Um, but I think this, uh, as adaptations go, I think this is probably at Mm. the top. Well, uh, to improvise a little scene, like, uh, I, I think, uh, Gags, if you were cast in this, you would definitely be action. Because <laughs> the little Italian one. The little Italian. I wasn't even thinking jet. about that. I'm just thinking of like he's the, the energetic guy who wants to go, go, go. Yeah. Carla, I have felt, I feel str- more strongly about this than any other character I've ever assigned you for the khaki theater portion. <laughs> you have to play anybody's. <laughs> <laughs> that's and the tomboy yeah that's the okay. tomboy and i'm gonna play baby john 
and so here's three Which of one's the baby John. Baby John is the uh, the blonde wimpy guy in the uh, the Jets. Uh, right. Who, by the way, is one of the most famous ballet choreographers in America. Elliot Feld is oh, his wow. name, and and he's gone on to become a, a ballet legend. I discovered in doing some research on him. So uh, maybe this is the next day after uh, after all this shit has gone down. <laughs> this is the next day after the movie. Um, they're just the it's just the Jets turf and uh, action. Anybody's and Baby John have a little convo. Oh man, that was so crazy last night, you guys. Anybody's, you gotta be able to handle yourself in situations like this. You gotta be a man about things. Oh, I was. I was being a man. I just cried just a little bit. So, uh, you guys think that we're friends with the sharks now, or, like, what's gonna happen? Look, just cause they carried off Tony's body doesn't make us automatically friends. That just makes them pallbearers. Yeah. Uh, what he said, because he, he's a guy who has confidence. Oh, go wear a skirt, anybody's. Hey, I don't wear skirts. Skirts are for ladies. I'm not a lady. I'm an everything. Oh. I'm an everybody's. Okay. I'm, <laughs> you, oh, you want us to call you everybody's now? I'm changing my name. Everybody's? Yeah, here's my birth certificate. Look, I scratched out anybody's. I wrote in everybody's. Well, look, if, if we're just going to be changing our names now, I don't want to be action anymore. But you're so active. I know, but I want to be romance now. Oh, no. Romance? Yeah. Got a new Tony on the block, everybody. Oh, boy. I guess somebody needs to step in and be that role. Hey, big baby, can you get out from behind (laughs) that door? My name is Baby John. (laughs) Not anymore. You got to have a new name, too. You're big baby now. Big Big, big baby 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 isn't different enough from Baby John. I can't even see you. I I like being in a doorway. What's wrong with that? Oh, what a pussy. Whoa, whoa, where is that coming from? We've never heard language that harsh really, on the streets. You really stink. Wacko, jacko, pow. Suck it. <laughs> you guys, let's not fight. I'm all about romance now. Well, okay, okay, Mr. Tony over here. Jeez, are you going to start singing or something? Why are you snapping so I'm weird? I'm snapping with my pinky. What's wrong with that? God, you know what? Baby. Ba- <laughs> you know what, baby John? You're going to be pinky snaps now. Pinky snaps. Yeah. I'm everybody's. And I'm romance. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm not going to fall in love with you. Wait, what? I didn't ask you to. Sure you did. What? I heard it. Don't fuck with pinky snaps. Whoa, what word did you just say? (laughs) I just learned it. (laughs) And scene. (laughs) There you go. Ta-da. Pinky snaps, everybody's, and romance. I would seriously watch that movie. (laughs) That (laughs) spinoff? That's been off. Well, West Side Story, you're staying on Craigslist about where you are. I, I still love you, you crazy musical you. <laughs> Gags, it was so fun to this have you really on this fun. show. Yeah. Uh, what's going on for you? Anything you want to promote? Yeah. Uh, listen to We Got This, new episodes every Tuesday night. Um, we've got some uh, great episodes coming up. And... Uh, I'll uh, I'll see you, Craig, on uh, on the screen in the new season of Drunk History. Oh that's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. just dropped. I got a story coming up in the in the new season. Uh, remind me of what your story was. Uh, my story this year is about the uh, the theft of the Mona Lisa. Oh yes, <gasps> yes, it was. That one was so fun. And that's to why it's do. so famous, yeah. right? Mona mm-hmm. Lisa is because it was stolen. You'll is see. Is that right? Oh, you gotta watch Drunk History, you guys. <laughs> Carla, I'm talking to you. Now speaking of the. <laughs> <laughs> 
Speaking of the We Got yeah. This podcast, uh, as a matter of fact, tomorrow in San Francisco, I mean, th- this is this has happened in the past for you guys listening mm-hmm. to it now, but we're going to tape our next episode of Craigslist, as yeah. a matter of fact. And we're going to do episode uh, 66, number 35 on Craigslist. And uh, we have an episode with uh, Busy Phillips that we're about to tape tomorrow. And this is the second of two Coen Brothers movies on the list. Carla, are you excited? I am. This one is in, um, was made in 1987 and it uh, stars Nicolas Cage, Holly Hunter, John Goodman, mm-hmm. and, um, Randall Tex Cobb. Uh, and it's a madcap comedy called Raising Arizona. And so this is the one, this, I know we're taping tomorrow, but this episode, that episode comes out next week. Does that make sense? <laughs> is that why you're saying it? Nope. I'm just saying this is the next episode. Oh yeah, doing. it is yeah. the next episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are chronological, right? <laughs> You're not jumping yeah. around on the hundred. The, there's been a couple. Recently. We go from one hundred to one, but so we don't always tape in order according uh, to the since when I moved to Portland, it's gotten a little. Yes. Sure. Uh, so have you seen Raising Arizona? Yeah. What do you remember about it? <laughs> I don't know. Someone's <laughs> got to watch a movie tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, Craig's listeners, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week with a little Raising Arizona and Busy Phillips. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. <laughs>